This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, it's a big world out there, right? And there's numerous places where amazing fishes come from, like Africa, for example. Now, we've talked about Africa before, but probably still continue to underserve the, this amazing place in the aquarium hobby. You're underrepresented, I guess is a better way to say it. Africa is a particularly fascinating place for the botanical-style aquarium enthusiasts to study because of the huge variety of aquatic ecosystems that we can replicate in our tanks. Yep, the coolest thing about the African continent is that it has a diversity of habitats and fishes that is equally stunning as anything found anywhere else on the planet. Yet, for some reason, outside of the Rift Lake cichlids and a few popular favorites, the region seems stunningly underrepresented. Underrepresented? Boy, that was a stumbling block, wasn't it? At least from a natural habitat replication standpoint, in my opinion. Of course, the Rift Lakes are amazing. They're filled with incredible fishes and they have these unique and compelling underwater features that, of course, have been specializing in replicating for decades. And these guys do insanely cool work. I admit my knowledge of African Rift Lake cichlids is slightly above zero, but I have nothing but respect for the hobbyists who work with them and understand these fishes. I think a large part of the success with these fishes and their popularity in the hobby is because the environments from which they come from are as fascinating as the fishes themselves. Now, over the decades, hobbyists have gotten really, really good at creating accurate, biotopically correct aquarium representations of the environments from which Rift Lake cichlids are found. And of course, at least at the moment, our interest lies a little elsewhere on the comp, you know, on the continent. Soft acidic water habitats powered by the soils, the geology, the vegetation, the botanical materials, and the weather. Oh, and the major waterways, of course, play a big role too. In many African regions, you have influence from the mighty Congo River. You know, arguably the natural African analog to the Amazon. Flows almost three thousand miles. It's the world's deepest river. There's over 700 species of fishes recorded as having been from this river, making it like remarkable for species richness. And of course, the numerous tributaries which uh, you know emanate from this river, including the major uh, tributary systems like the Kasa, Lufimi, Umbangi, Tshapa, and Lomami, and hundreds and hundreds of tiny lesser known ones, contain more unique fishes and encompass a variety of really compelling habitats. Many of the fishes we keep from this region are from an area known as the Malebo Pool, with its sandy substrates often choked with leaves and branches and its interesting reed grass islands. It's known for a slower water flow than the rapids of the main river itself. Africa contains perhaps some of the most compelling ecological niches on Earth. The opportunity to replicate these in our aquariums with unique displays not previously even contemplated is significant. And the authentic aquatic habitats of Africa are they have literally like every type of botanical style aquarium idea we could throw at it and then some. The chance to replicate some really unique ecological niches inspired by Africa is tantalizing. Um, you know, some of these we can replicate readily with the materials and techniques we already have. Uh, some are really simple for us to execute, like planted blackwater systems. 
many like uh, many like the uh, the ponds and and you know still pools found in this region are simple. Uh, fishes like Tenopoma found in habitats like this, which bear a remarkable similarity to the ones we're familiar with in South America, are easy to replicate. They're rather dimly illuminated, thickly vegetated jungle streams choked with floating vegetation, and they have a bed of leaf litter and botanical materials like submerged branches and seed pods, etc. down below. Water itself is typically soft and acidic, you know, with pH levels from 5.5 to 6.8. Uh, simple stuff. And then, of course, in Africa, like South America, has a tremendous diversity of even these types of leech choke habitats to work with. There's lots of different rivers, ha- you know, jungle streams, temporary pools, and perhaps most exciting to many, you know, plant-rich uh, ponds and tributaries, all of which have blackwater versions which can make this an amazing canvas upon which to ex- execute our, you know, botanical craft. Yeah, a lot of cool cichlids, kerosens, and other types of fishes are available in the hobby, which, you know, inhabit a very uh, variety of very standardized and well-represented ecological niches in the aquarium. I'm not the first person to argue this case in the hobby, and you don't need me to see how cool they are on them. Now, there is a unique group of fishes which we can play with that are almost perfect subjects to work with to attempt to replicate some unusual habitats in the aquarium. Unique fishes which are colorful, interesting, downright tough, and highly adaptable. The killifishes. Yep, the chance to do some really unusual work with the underappreciated, in the hobby mainstream anyways, killifishes is always pretty cool. The habitats in which killies are typically found are compelling, and their unique structure and aesthetics pushes us to the very edge of what we consider our craft if we want to replicate them. Hobbies have kept killies for decades. Not much truly new there, right? I mean, the list of popular killies from Africa reads like a who's who of the aquarium world. Nothobranchius, Chromaphiosimian, Funnelopanchax, Epiplates, Aphiosimian, just to name a few species. So although new species are being discovered all the time and the taxonomic debates rage in the hobby and the scientific communities, their husbandry has pretty much been standardized forever. The main theme of the killifish hobby, at least in my opinion, as sort of a peripheral killikeeper, has been to breed them and maintain captive populations of them. A super noble goal, of course, yet rather one-dimensional in my opinion. The formula is straightforward. Keep them in small aquariums filled with spawning mops, containers of peat, maybe a few floating plants. You know, useful, efficient, highly functional, and, well, boring. The idea of controlled breeding in peat-filled containers is just one way to approach their care. Imagine the interesting types of permanent setups you can create by merely, you know, looking closely at the actual physical, chemical, and environmental aspects of their natural habitats and attempting to replicate them in the aquarium. Yep, the habitats themselves are the key, in my opinion, to unlocking more interest in these amazing fishes. Now hear me out on this. Arguments abound online, you see this all the time, in, in killifish forums with hobbyists, you know, uh, proffering all sorts of ways to popularize these rather underappreciated fishes and, you know, what many call a moribund section of the aquarium hobby, seemingly lacking a significant influx of new hobbyists. So why not help solve this problem by working on the whole picture of killifish care? The inspiration is right in front of us. The information about them is abundant. Many killifish enthusiasts have visited the wild habitats and documented information about these ecosystems in which they're found. You know, one only needs to pursue the Journal of the American Killifish Association to see these travelogues and the rich detail on them. Yet, not much is done on them. So why not use this data to replicate the most interesting, yet remarkably underrepresented aspect of the killie realm? Think of what our community, which has tremendous amounts of experience with you know, creating unique botanical style aquariums can do. 
I've already started replicating some of this stuff, uh, doing some of this work anyway, with South American annual killifish, just keeping them in my little urban agapo habitat, you know, replications of, uh, you know, sort of wet, dry cycles. And the results have been really interesting. Spawning annual killifishes in an, you know, aquarium environment, which more realistically and accurately represents the natural habitats from which they've evolved over eons in, is really fascinating. The form and function is right in front of us. And of course, a vast variety of killifish species inhabit what? Leaf-strewn, sediment-laden bodies of water. Bodies of water which offer, you know, Habitat enrichment, physical structure, and chemical influence. Bodies of water, which our community is quite fluent at replicating in the aquarium. Leaves, botanical materials, and sediments are right up our proverbial alley, aren't they? Yep, here we go. Sediments and substrates and leaves again. Yeah, I suppose that we could do well to work with sediments, particularly sediments mixed with finely crushed botanical materials like leaves. The, these materials will, of course, not only visually tint the water and add some turbidity, they'll very accurately represent some of the chemical aspects of the natural habitats, too. And of course, Africa has some other compelling environments that would be equally fascinating to replicate in our aquariums. Environments seldom replicated in the hobby at all. Tiny jungle streams, vernal pools, and mud puddles. Yeah, mud puddles. Now, would it be possible to, re- you know, to recreate a mud puddle in the aquarium to any degree? I think so. We've more or less done this already. And what better fishes to use as subjects for this unique biotope-inspired work than killifish? I mean... For the hardcore biotope enthusiasts, messing around with aquariums simulating the various habitats in which killies alone are found could be a lifetime obsession. Imagine how cool it would be to delve into the world of killies by working with the whole picture of their world. Yes, they've been kept by avid enthusiasts for a century or more, but there's still so many secrets to unlock. I think that the killifish hobby is really great at what they do, but it's a classic case of not seeing the forest for the trees. The answer to getting these fishes more into the mainstream of the hobby and bringing in new enthusiasts at the same time is right in front of our eyes. Creating aquariums that specifically aim to replicate the particular habitats of some of these species is simply beyond just an underserved area of the hobby. It's one in which you can make some very useful combinations with a little research and some cool documented work. And I think I just said combinations, contributions, sorry. My mind is not keeping up with my tongue today. I can think of a few, few, you know, ways to do this. I couldn't think of a better way to increase the awareness within the hobby and outside of it about an amazing group of fishes, an awe-inspiring natural habitat that, you know, that that's just seldom replicated. Habitats which are increasingly endangered by mankind's encroachments and activities. Habitats which need our protection more than ever. Habitats which we can create greater appreciation for and understanding of by attempting to replicate them in the aquarium. What better outcome for the fishes, the hobby, the continent, and the planet could there be than that? I'm going to leave you with that today. I'd love to see some more of your thoughts and ideas on this. Stay thoughtful. Stay informed. Stay curious. Stay resourceful. Stay bold. Stay unique. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman. Thanks for spending part of your morning with me. I look forward to spending you on, uh, seeing you on the next installment of The Tint, hopefully with my, my vocal cords and tongue warmed up fast enough to catch up with my, uh, my ever-running uh, mind here. So thanks again. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye-bye.